You are listening to the Manos Accelerator podcast in partnership with Google Launchpad. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their exact formulas for success in customer acquisition, growth hacking, fundraising, or scaling a company. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Manos Nation, there is no better way for you to support the production of this podcast than by giving us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Let's help each other out. I will send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup if you review the podcast on iTunes and then tag us on a social media post. Okay, it's very easy. So step one, support us by rating this podcast five stars on iTunes. Step two, tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. And step three, I will send you a list of 100 grants for your startup. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Manos Accelerator podcast. We have a special guest today. I'm here joined with Mr. Seth Campbell. Seth, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Seth, so give us a little bit of highlights about your journey, how you got here, and some of the cool things you've done. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you know, my, I I guess how I got here, it's, it's a funny question because I think failing and sucking at the traditional path is kind of what got me here. I was a, uh, I was a really, really bad high school student and a really, really bad college student. So it'll sound kind of cliche, but I'm, I, uh, I, what happened for me was while I was in school, while I was going to college, I bumped into a guy, met a guy that ended up kind of becoming my first mentor, first individual that I looked at as somebody that, uh, kind of rewiring my thinking a little bit and I decided to <laughs> drop out of school this is the cliche part right college dropout bad decision but uh, had the opportunity to kind of uh, follow around and shadow this mentor of mine and realize that there's a lot of other paths you could take in life and so uh, I've been a uh, business owner and self-employed for about 11, going on 11 years now and um, had the opportunity to be a part of you know many different businesses and and have been able to do things that I don't think I would have been able to do without without good people without good mentors showing me the way over the last you know 10 11 years I've had a chance to not only build a couple of businesses that have financially put me in a place where I I don't have to live uh, I, I don't have to not a lot is out of reach I'll just say I've I've built a few businesses that have made you know several million dollars for me but the the thing that I've enjoyed the most is kind of some of the speaking and the teaching and things like that because the stuff that I was taught the stuff that I learned. It was, you know, it's, it's stuff that I think anybody can do, anybody can apply. And so I've traveled a lot. I've, I've spoken at a lot of events and I've had the chance to kind of go around the world and find that people are hungry and people are looking for alternative paths or entrepreneurial minded people in, on every continent that are kind of hungry for, hey, somebody show, me, somebody show me how to get out of the classroom. And so, so that's kind of been a little bit about my story just in a nutshell. I just, I'm a, uh, an, I, you know, I, and I hate the word entrepreneur using that on myself. I'll say, I'll say a business builder and a teacher and a public speaker and just, you know, always out there trying to, you know, do what my mentor did for me. That's awesome. And Seth, but before we started recording the show, you were telling me that basically everything that you've learned how to do, it's like any, anyone can learn it, right? You, there's basically a framework about the people that you surround yourself with. And you've been very intentional about always having really, really smart people around you. Can you kind of speak to that and give us a little bit of a framework about how someone could go about, A, finding these people? I, I guess the, the order would be the value of it, how to find them, and then how to onboard these really smart people to surround ourselves with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that one thing that we, one thing a lot of people try to do is they kind of have this hunger to be a leader, right? Leadership. I want to go be a leader and I want to, and this is going to sound derogatory, but some people, what they'll do is they'll go out and say, I need to surround myself with a lot of followers. I need to go find a bunch of people to follow me and, and people that I can kind of, you know, manage and lead and be in charge of, so to speak. And I think that I don't, I, for, for me, that's just never been the path. For me, it was actually kind of the opposite. The first step for me was, and I think this came from where I started. I started by you know, somebody twice my age, 
a hundred times more successful than me. And I was like, dude, what do I have to do to just get this individual's attention? Just get him to teach me. Just get him. To, and so that, that kind of mentor relationship is what changed my life. And I've kind of sought that. And so it, it hasn't been so much, how can I find people who can, you know, maybe supplement my strengths a little bit, or it was really more, I've got a lot of weaknesses. There's a lot of things I don't know how to do. There's a lot of stuff that I don't have experience in. I'm a college dropout, so obviously, you know, I don't, I don't have the degree. Uh, I don't, I'm not having a master's in business or anything like that. And so it was really step one was uh, it, it finding out where are all the holes in my game and realizing I've got more holes in my game than, I, than, I, than not, right? And I think we all do. We all have more weaknesses than we want to admit. Sure. And so step, that was step one. It was I don't need to go find followers. I need to go find other leaders. I need to go find other people. I need to go find people who are ahead of me, above me, better than me, more successful than me. And I kind of pictured who would I want to mentor me in a given area, right? Whether it's, you, you know, in business, you need to raise money. Who would I want to, in that, in that space, what type of individual would I, would, would I like to have mentor me in the area of raising money, right? Because I, you know, at the, in the beginning, I never had raised money. I didn't know what I was doing. Who would, you know, who would mentor me? Who would, who would I have mentor me, you know, in operations and how to actually run a business like a business, things like that. And so I, I went out looking for those types of people. And honestly, this is very, very simple. But when you find somebody, when there's an individual that you're like, that's, you know what, that's, that's the type of person that I would want to have on my team to make the team better because I, that's not my skill set. Very simple, but you just approach them, right? Just go, I'll give you an example. There's an individual, uh, one, of, one of my partners in my, uh, my company, who actually, I, I saw him speak at a big event, probably seven, 8,000 people in the audience, and he was brought in as one of the keynote speakers. He's an expert in his field, and this, this gentleman actually happens to be, you know, he's, he's all over TV. He's been, on, he's been on several different national TV shows and things like that, and I'm sitting there watching, and I just, in my head, I'm like, this person would be gold on my team, be pure gold. It would make me better, make the team better. So as soon as they got done speaking, I just went to I went backstage and I was like, I got I just got to corner him, you know? And I did, I just went up to him and I said, listen, I loved what you did. I loved, you know, throw some praise at, at, at him. You know, the people love that, tell him how great they did. And then I just said, I need to, this individual lives in Los Angeles. I said, I'm gonna fly out to Los Angeles, take you to coffee because there's something I absolutely have to talk to you about. Can I please have your phone number? And they might say no. This individual said yes. I flew to L.A., went out. I bought him a cup of coffee. Actually, he wouldn't let me pay. He bought the cup of coffee. But I sat down with him while he drank his cup of coffee. And I just, I just, you know, it's big vision stuff. And that was kind of the next step is once you get, the, once you get an individual who's willing to sit down and talk to you, the transference of belief. That's the one skill set that I think is more important than any other if you're going to build any kind of business is transference of belief. You have to be able to see something that is not real yet. You have to be able to, it's, it's kind of like somebody who's designing a house, right? There's no house there, it's just an empty lot, but a really good architect is somebody who can design something and, and put it on paper, right? You have to be able to see something that does not exist, that is not real yet, but you have to be able to talk about it like it is the best thing in the world. You gotta be able to talk about it as if it's actually there. You have to be able to get somebody to see it and get someone to feel it and get someone to have excitement about being part of it. So I'm sitting there across from this gentleman. He has no idea who I am. He's a best-selling author. He's been on, you know, like I said, national television shows, you know, probably a couple hundred times, very well-known individual. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I've got to find a way to convince this gentleman that, you know what, the next five years you should spend building a business with me because here's why. And I had to, tra you know, so that was the next step, just transference of belief. Get them to see the vision, paint the picture for them. And uh, he joined our team and it's been a tremendous addition. That's one of many. And so what this really all comes down to is early on somebody told me, if you can, if you can fill a room with people where you are the dumbest person in the room, you will always win. 
And so that's what I've always set out to do. And it's funny because we'll actually have meetings. Well, in, in, in the business I'm building right now, we'll have meetings where I'll have everybody there, everybody from my board, and I'll have some of the you know, engineers we're working with and investors, and I'll look around the room, and I'm like, I actually am legitimately the dumbest person in the room right now by a, by a lot. And that makes me feel so good. You know, I didn't go out looking for followers. I went out looking for leaders. I went out looking for type A you know, winners and people that, you know, uh, that, that, that I could look to for advice as much as would look, you know, follow me or look to me for advice. And so it's been a little bit of a different approach mentally for me than I think you see with a lot of entrepreneurs and business builders. I love that. And I think like a lot of people would think that you need like a very extreme level of humility to do that. And I, I think that's right. But also it takes an extreme level of confidence to be able to be so comfortable in your own skin that you say, I definitely have this deficiency. It's kind of hard to admit. You know, some people don't like admitting where they are deficient in fundraising or in customer acquisition or in uh, UX, UI or anything like that. Or maybe even in programming. We like to think that we're all product builders and so I love the approach that you have. I think it's very practical for tech founders that are looking to grow their team to have both the humility and the confidence to seek out smarter people. Before we continue with the episode, you should know about this. We recently partnered with Brex, the smart credit card for founders to finance and boost their startups. Everything about Brex is made for startup and e-commerce founders just like you. The card scales with you and gives you up to 20 times higher credit limits than any competing card. And for listeners of this podcast, benefit from our partnership and get $5,000 in AWS credits plus absolutely no card fees for life by activating your account through our partnership link. It's brex.com slash manos. Brex, B-R-E-X dot com slash manos, M-A-N-O-S, to get all of your fees waived for life and $5,000 in AWS credits. Now on to the episode. Uh, the question that I would have for you, Seth, is someone sitting at home and they're like, okay, I feel a little bit uh, convicted of this. I definitely think I have some deficiencies. I want to seek out some advisors, some mentors, some people that are better than me at all of these different skill sets. What is the exact process then, um, whether they reach out to them on LinkedIn or Clarity FM, which is actually my favorite platform for finding people smarter than me, or no matter where they go, what is the next step to actually onboard them after you've pitched them the vision and they seem to be interested? Can you walk us through like the actual step-by-step -step of bringing them onto your team as a, as a partner or as an advisor? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing is, uh, even, even people, and I, I, I'm a believer in this, highly successful people love to give back. They love to mentor. My experience has been most of them love to mentor, help teach other people. But even, even with that being true, I've heard it said this way, you know, everybody's tuned into their favorite radio station, WIIFM, right? What's in it for me? It's, it's a funny little joke I heard somebody say one time, but it's the truth. Everybody, you know, you got to understand that there has to be something in it for them. And so, Really what it is is you, you, know, you paint this picture, you paint this big vision, and then the thing that, one thing that I've been actually really, really, I'll say liberal with is I've been a lot more liberal with giving, you know, giving away my equity in the business. You know, a lot of people think, okay, my, my equity is only for money. You know, I give away X percent of my company in exchange for this many dollars, that sort of thing. And that's definitely an important piece of it. But for me, I, I would rather have something that's a little bit smaller so that I can have people who are better than me to help, help you know, run this thing, get it off the ground, do whatever. And so I actually have people in my business, in my company, who I have gone to and I've painted the picture and I've talked about how big it was going to be, you know, this great destiny of our company. And then I, I will actually offer equity. I, I've got a few people that I have literally given equity in my business to simply to be advisors for me, simply to just be on, be there, be on call, jump on our management calls, you know, jump in when we have a problem, which is completely inevitable. You're going to have a problem. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a book, uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things 
by Ben Horowitz, which I highly recommend. In there he says, before you ever make it in your business, you're gonna have at least two or three times where it feels like it's about to all be over, right? Those times are gonna happen. What do you want in those times? How about a few people who have done it, who have, who have been there, who have thought it was all over, and yet they went on to, you know, we've got a gentleman on our team that, that has been a part of several successful IPOs. I gave this guy a good chunk of equity, not in exchange for, I didn't ask for any money, just help guide us, you know? So that's been a huge piece of it. You, gotta, you have to understand what, what's in it for them. You have to make it worth their while, and I've done that with equity in the business, and that only happens after you, uh, you know, paint a big enough picture for them. I, I totally believe in this concept, Seth, and in, in my own experience, uh, sharing this with you as well, the listeners, I, I'm totally okay also with paying people for advice. It, you know, sometimes we, we think that the only way to onboard someone is either on a volunteer basis, so just like a mentor where there's no formal agreement, or some people are open to the idea of having an advisor, th- that's okay, but people are really reluctant to pay for advice, and I found that it's been so beneficial to just on a platform like Clarity FM or on LinkedIn or whatever, just asking people what their rates are for consulting, one hour a week, half an hour, 20 minutes, whatever. If you care enough to get their advice, uh, it should be worth more than just maybe a cup of coffee. Um, you know, have, have that informal relationship. That's okay to start the relationship, obviously. But um, yeah, it's totally okay to bring them on as an advisor. It's totally okay to pay people for their advice and their guidance. Actually, there's a really good um, template for this called the Fast Agreement by Founder Institute. Anyone at home that wants to check this out, it's fi.co slash fast. And this is the founder advisor standard template. So if you're wondering, is there a template, is there a contract that already exists that I can give people equity in exchange for their advice, this is a great resource. And Seth, um, people listening at home, you know, they may be wondering what happens if people, the advisors that I bring on board, they're actually not that involved. Is there a way that you can minimize the risk so that, do you put them on like a one-year cliff or anything like that where they actually have to earn out the equity? What does that look like? absolutely. Yeah, so you want to vest shares, right? You want to, you want to, the one-year cliff, you know, let's say that you agree to give somebody uh, 10,000 shares. You're going to do 2,500 shares. The, fir- the first 2,500 shares is not hit until the 12-month mark. So that first year, they're going to put in their effort. They got to put in their effort. They got to, you know, prove some value, some worth, you know, um, which the right people are going to do every time. And then they're going to vest, and then the next 2,500 a year two, and year three, and year four. And that's kind of been the standard that, you know, again, some of my advisors have taught me that it's, you know, one year cliff, vests over four years. And you can also do, you can buy back shares as well. Uh, we, we have in some of our contracts, you know, with advisors, things like that, where if they, you know, if something better comes along, we're like, you know what, I got to put my time over here. Sorry, I've got to go. Uh, you, we, we, the company could have the option to buy back the shares if they, you know, cease, you know, cease to give service to the company. So yeah, you do, you do need to protect the company. Your, your first fiduciary duty is to protect the shareholders of the current shareholders. And so you don't want to just give away, here's 5% fully vested, man, I hope this works out. That's right. It's not smart. So yes, both of those things. You want to vest the equity and you, and you can also have some buyback options in there as well. There you have it, Monos Nation. Seth has grown multiple seven-figure businesses and he is here, he's spoken all over the world and now is here sharing all of this information with us. His number one secret for success that you should be implementing in your business is just surrounding yourself with people that are much smarter than you, that are much more talented than you at all of the different disciplines that you may have a shortcoming in. And there's a very easy way to do it. You put them on a one-year cliff, four-year vesting schedule for the equity. You can onboard these advisors. If they're able to deliver on the promise and the agreement up front, then they get the shares. If they don't, you're minimizing the risk because then they don't actually have to get the payout on the shares that you agreed upon. And you can have weekly, monthly, however often you want performance reviews to make sure everyone is on the same page and we're agreeing that they're providing enough value. Okay, Manos Nation, do not forget my offer to help each other out. I'll send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup. 
All you have to do is leave a five-star rating on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. Again, leave a five-star review on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on social media to receive a list of 100 grants to help you fund your startup. See you on the next one. Seth, as you continue to grow and take your career forward, where is the best place for people to stay in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? So as far as, uh, as, far as online social media, things like that goes, the place where I'm the most active is on Facebook. So, and not really on my profile much, but I actually have a page, Facebook page. And so that would be, you know, the, I believe it's facebook.com forward slash the Seth Campbell. I'm 99% sure. But you can just look at my name, Seth Campbell. I've got a page on there. That's where I put anything, anything, any of the videos I've done or anything like that that have been, um, you know, business focused and things like that, that all goes right there. Or just my website. It's just connectwithseth.com, which is easy to remember. So that'd be the two best places. I, I do love chatting with people. You, if somebody sends me an email, I will always email them back. Um, if somebody sends me a message on Facebook, I will always respond. It, it, not always right away. But, but <laughs> I, I do, I, you know, if somebody reaches out, I'm always, I'm always responsive. So amazing. The best two places. Yep. Seth Campbell, thank you for coming on the show and sharing all of this with us. Juan, I appreciate it. Thank you, man.